Overtime Hockey Talk. My name, Mark Paul, co-host Justin Baker. Now, Justin, you have brought to our attention that I'll take responsibility for this, that I failed. Uh, we have gone through all 31 teams or so we thought. Uh, apparently, somewhere along the lines, we missed the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, I'm not sure, who was it that pointed that out? Uh, well, yeah, first off, it's it's a team effort, so we both missed That's true. it. So yeah. don't, don't take the full okay. blame. All right. But uh, we actually, a, a guy on Twitter pointed this out to me when we posted, uh, when I, I posted something up. And uh, he replied back to our our Jets, Vegas, and Washington sure. thing. And it's at Cody Cage 1. So, Cody Cage, I appreciate it. All right. Yeah, thank you. And we will make sure that we, oh, you know, that we remedy that immediately. Yeah, we need to take it. Like right now. Right now. Tampa Bay Lightning, here we go. Uh, Cody, this one's for you. So, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, for everything that they have been able to do and acquire, I mean, acquiring... Uh, Ryan McDonough at the deadline. And uh, it, it's impressive to me to see this team has all, has their next three first round picks. Uh, they only don't have a second round pick. And so, I mean, this, this team really, they've got all the draft picks and they are set and poised to make another Stanley cup run. Truly. I don't think this team has any glaring weaknesses. I think that they could win the cup. They'll most certainly go to the second or third round, almost assuredly. And at that point, it generally is just, hey, who's going to, you know, what final four teams, who's going to get lucky here in the end? There is an element to luck uh, when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs and who you get matched up against and how many games teams in the first and second round can push you to. So, uh, I mean, we saw with Vegas, I mean, they were able to kind of breeze through the first two rounds and really the first three rounds. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, ultimately it didn't really matter against the caps, but, uh, <laughs> it definitely does, you know, play to your advantage to eliminate teams quickly. So when I, when you look at, do you see any weaknesses with the lightning? Because I, I, I mean, I really, I don't, I, well, okay. So my one biggest, and I guess it's, it's kind of hard to, to put it in numbers and see it on pages. And when you're trying to look at stats in terms of finding weaknesses, but I, I often have a hard time finding a leader in Steven Stamkos. I feel like sometimes he just doesn't seem like, like for instance, last year when I watch Alex Ovechkin, I, I watch him push his guys on the bench. I watch him just rallying the team around him to, to win. And I haven't really seen that, and I guess you know. Obviously, Stamkos and Ovechkin are two different types of players in terms of the way they are. I don't know if anybody's like Ovechkin. No, exactly. Yeah, so I'm not going to totally blame Stamkos at all, but I feel like you know, minus the one run they made to the Cup Finals and lost, um, you know, I really haven't seen enough fire under Stamkos to kind of rally his guys to go in there and win. Well, he also has been injured, sure, practically every season. Right, right, right. Uh, Now, I would, I'm going to appeal to your. to your Red Wings fandom okay. here for a moment. Uh, <laughs> I I don't think that Steve Eiserman was a guy that you would have any idea that he was super vocal. Sure. Because he wasn't. Right. Uh, I also, Nicholas Lidstrom doesn't exactly spark me as the guy who was a rah-rah guy in the locker room either. No, no, I, uh, I agree with you. I, I mean, Hank Zetterberg, 
Lindstrom, Eisenman, you mentioned all those guys, and I, I hear a lot of times that they, you know, they were quiet leaders, and when they spoke, you listened. Sure. And maybe Stamkos is the same way, obviously, you know, but for me, I, I'm just, I'm trying to find weaknesses in this team, and that's maybe the closest thing to one I can find. That and the fact that they have Ryan Callahan signed for an, two more seasons, and that, that kind of sucks. But Well, yeah, and that, and and that was a, that was a trade a sure. few years ago, and I, I mean, when you look at Ryan, I, yeah, Okay, if we want to go purely off of their structure, uh, let's, you know, Brian Callahan is the one glaring overpaid player on this roster at $5.8 million. I mean, it's still not, it's not awful. If your worst uh, cap faux pas is a guy signed for a couple year, more years at 5.8, uh, that's something that is forgivable. Uh, he does have a no trade clause but he submits a 16 team a 16 team trade list mm-hmm. so i mean you've got more than half the league as an option sure uh shouldn't be too hard to convince him to move if you know if, if that's what it came down to uh at this point though yeah i mean with 2.6 million dollars in cap space he would be the guy that would need to get moved if they were going to let's say go out and acquire an eric carlson type of player uh, which they had been rumored to be interested in at one point. I don't know if that's still going to happen, but the only way they fit him under their cap in the long term is if, of course, Callahan is gone, as well as you know probably somebody else with uh, significance. But Strawman, Coburn, and Girardi all off the books next year, and that's uh, that's over eleven million dollars right there. So yeah, that's nice. Thank you. Definitely have. Uh, a lot of options if you're Tampa Bay. Uh, Callahan, to me, sh- wouldn't be that difficult to move, especially with two years left. I mean, eating, let's say, 30% of his salary wouldn't be a big mm-hmm. deal either. Tampa doesn't have any salaries that they've uh, captured from other teams uh, where they, you know, they're hanging on to some of it. So I-, I don't see it being a big deal for them if they wanted to move him. I'm sure someone would be interested if the price is right. Yeah. Now, big question for me, too. Um, what do you do about Anton Strollman? Are you interested in possibly... Uh, we're, we're looking outside the window right now, and it just it just out of nowhere just started pouring down rain to the point where it's coming in sideways so hard. Yes, yes. This is, this is good. I think this is... Is this Hurricane Debbie? <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that what it's named now? Or, uh, or, I think uh, I, I saw one that was uh, Tropical Storm Shan Shan. Or Shan Shan. <laughs> Shan Shan. S H. A-N-S-H-A-N, Shan-Chan. I can't, I can't. Okay, um, uh, but Anton Strollman, what are you doing with this guy after this season, too? That's another big question I have for the Lightning. Uh, I mean, you're thinking, you've got Hedman and McDonough long-term. You've mm-hmm. got Mikhail Sergachev, uh, Slater Cuckoo. And at that point, I think you're probably going, all right, Braden Coburn, we're probably not bringing you back. Along with Dan Girardi, I mean, Dan Girardi, maybe if he's a one-year, one-million kind of Brooks Orpik type of deal. Uh, Strawman at 33 is what he'll be next year Mm -hmm. as a UFA. Uh, $4.5 million. Could he get a little bit more on the open market? Probably. Uh, I know that, you know, the whole tax situation in Florida is nice. And uh, I couldn't see them signing him to more than a two-year deal after that, maybe a five. Uh, But... If they go out and they're trying to acquire an Eric Carlson, well, then Anton Strawman is the odd man out. You can't have everybody. Right. Uh, he also he'd be playing. A, he'd be like their sixth defenseman at that point. 
And so he really wouldn't have a great place and it would just be a, a waste of cap space. So, I, I mean, I could see them trying to package a maybe a Strawman and Callahan sending them both over mm-hmm. basically to say, take Callahan's cap hit and we'll give you Strawman too. And then at the same time, they're able to, if, if that came in conjunction with an Eric Carlson deal, I think that it could, it could make sense. Uh, perhaps the two of them go to Ottawa and then Ottawa is able to flip one or two of them, definitely Strawman to another team and get some more assets. Yeah. He'd be a good, uh, on top. of course, that's not the only thing they'd have to give up to right. get Carlson, but those guys could be used in that, that type of deal. Uh, where do you think this team finishes? Um, I think, boy, let's, let's go regular season. Well, oh, hold on before, before we get okay. that. Okay. Uh, generally you're the one who brings up the goalies, but I'm going to do it this yes. time. Uh, they do bring in Louis Domingue, mm-hmm. uh, which he has had, I what was it, two years ago where Mike Smith got hurt and he went on a pretty good run. I remember I had him as my fantasy goalie. Um, <laughs> shows you how good my fantasy goalies were. Uh, and he played, he was serviceable. Do you think that Vasilevsky needs to play less games in order to be at his peak performance in the playoffs? Um. Not necessarily. I, I still think you're going to get Louis Domingue in there for 25 games. Um, you know, so you, you want to get Vasilevsky in there for 55 to 60 games. Well, if he played, if he played 25 games, then, uh, yeah. then that would be eight less games next year for mm-hmm. Vasilevsky than he played this year. So that'd be, right. be about almost 15% less games for Vasilevsky. So, so you're saying yes. Yeah. He should play yes. Absolutely. Less. If you have a quality... I mean, granted, they did have a quality backup last year with... Um, who was it? Peter du- Budai. And uh, who else was... I, I can't remember. But anyways. So, I mean, Louis Domingue is still young enough. He's still serviceable. He can still take on a starter's workload if injuries occur. If injuries... Yeah, sure. If injuries um, happen. I'm just thinking... Now, it's, it's funny when you look at his statistic. He really played almost identical in the regular season in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, 920, say, percentage in the regular season, 918 in the playoffs. So, really, it's, it's minuscule in terms of uh, what, you know, the yeah. difference in the way that he was playing. Uh, actually had a better goals against average. Not that that really means much anymore, but uh, <laughs> he did. He, he virtually had the same type of performance. So maybe you're right. It maybe didn't have as big of an impact. Sure. Uh, but in the playoffs, generally, when you see goalies go on a nice little run, those goalies have absurd save percentages. So a 918, yeah. where that maybe that's a, quite a decent save percentage in the regular season, in the playoffs, that may be on the lower Not good side. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. All right. Uh, okay. So now, where do you see this team finishing? And and uh, uh, do you see Nikita Kucherov maybe, you know, where he was just dominating early? Do you see him finishing out that same way, and maybe in the end coming through with a with any hardware this next year? Um, you know what? I I started looking at some fantasy rankings ahead of time, and everybody's got them in their their top three. Obviously, Connor McDavid at number one, and then you got a mixed bag of Crosby and you know a few other guys there up at the sure. top. But um, to be quite honest, I I don't know if he'll be another hundred point player. Um, I would I would feel safe putting him at eighty five to ninety points. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I think he's uh, he's definitely an eighty five point guy. Uh, point per game. Seems seems fair. Yeah. Uh, 
I think they he definitely had an incredible he had an incredible start. Yes, he did. That year. I mean, we were talking fifty and fifty and all that stuff. And yeah, of course, it never happens. It doesn't happen <laughs> anymore. Uh, but pretty unreal start. So we'll uh, we'll be checking that. And ultimately, I think the Lightning probably finish tops in the Atlantic Division. I don't. There's. Toronto will also be really good. I I think when it comes to Toronto, I think they might have a, a quick start, a little bit of a dip, mm-hmm. just trying to... Because Babcock is happy to have a little dip if it means that he gets to tinker with things and make things the way he right. wants for the playoffs. And so I, I think that ultimately you go, Tampa finishes one, mm-hmm. and then probably you have a Toronto-Boston Toronto, kind of thing. Yeah. I, I don't I don't actually don't think that Boston's going to be quite as dominant this year, but... I don't either. I think teams are wise up to that top line, and yeah, uh, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna lean a little heavy on those rook on those younger kids, the younger guys, Donato yeah. and DeBrinket or whomever. Which or, actually, uh, some of those guys may end up. It's, it's too bad that they gave up Spooner yeah. for Nash because I think they'd be a better team if they hadn't have done that trade. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, well, that is the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, of course, as the regular season nears, we will essentially be doing this all over again but in in maybe some some different ways and, and we'll be covering uh some things come september but until then uh we will be doing a nice little top 10 series as yeah. we roll through the month of august so these top 10s we you know last year we did and you can go back to if you go back to like our very first episodes of the show uh you can see we ranked all all the centers wingers defensemen goaltenders uh, we we did all sorts of fun rankings uh, for players. Now we want to just do top ten of whatever. And uh, if yeah, if you have any suggestions, tweet at us at OT Hockey Talk. Uh, we'd love to you know get some of our fans to give us some suggestions. But for this particular episode, we decided to do top ten moments uh, more on the on the personal side. But we do have some that are just kind of hey they're they were big moments in hockey, and of course there's. There's far more than 10 moments, and especially as we get a little more personal, uh, there's going to be moments where you go, why the f*** is that one of his top 10 <laughs> moments? Because that means nothing to me, Yeah, uh, which that's totally fine. There are some things where, you know, I can't have a top 10 moments and not share one of my favorite Leafs moments. Like, it just, <laughs> you know, what am I? Yeah, I'm a Leafs fan, and it's, uh, granted, my moments aren't that significant because we really haven't done much uh, other than draft first overall. Over the last 30, 40 years, but uh, I will have some of those on there. But anyways, you're going to see a couple of Red Wings from me. Yeah, and that's totally fair. I have some things that affected the Red Wings on my list. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Uh, Okay, so I'll be honest. My list isn't necessarily in like a... An order per se. Okay. Well, uh, mine is. So. Your yours definitely is. Mine yes. is just kind of ten mo- like the ten moments where I felt like they were very significant. I'm gonna throw them out, and uh, of course, you know, you can. I'll throw them out in relative significance, kind of bunch some together. But yeah, let's uh, let's do it. Let's start right. with your ten. Number ten. Uh, the vague. Bless you. My goodness, that was a good sneeze. Uh, for me, number ten, the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay. I yeah. think, yeah, just looking at what they were able to accomplish going to the Stanley Cup Finals and the way they came out of the gates and everybody, I mean, I don't know of one person who said, oh, yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. Everybody pegged them to be at the bottom. Lie. Really? Luke did say they were going to make did the playoffs. Did he really? Wow. He said they were going to make the playoffs. Right. We actually have it on our show. 
It's recorded somewhere. When he I forget did, that. He did an episode with me when you weren't uh, around. Right. And he said, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. It was about two weeks into this, or maybe it was three weeks into the season. Okay. And I was like, this isn't going to go on. He said, no, this is going to go on. They're going to make the playoffs. Wow. I, well, and kudos so, to him. So, hey, I so, mean, three weeks in, a lot of people weren't saying they'd make the playoffs. Yeah. Well, so. they did what no other expansion team in the history of any professional sports has ever done. Right. So, to me, that that's a huge moment. You're going to look back 20 years from now and say, how the frick did I, they do that? I watched that team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, my number 10 is something that I wasn't around for, really. Uh, I guess I was two years old when this happened. Mm-hmm. But I think that it had an impact not only on hockey, but in sports as a whole. Uh, When Gretzky was traded from the Oilers to the Kings, uh, it did a myriad of things, you know, when it legitimized hockey in the South, in the United States, Uh, it made hockey cool in one of the biggest cities in the country. And I think at, at an even bigger level, it began a totally different mindset when it came to sports. Before this trade, you rarely saw big name players just traded away, right. especially your your top players. Uh, and I I think that it was really it was after this trade. I mean, you saw uh, just the ability now to go. Oh, just because you're a really good player doesn't mean you have to be on the same team your whole career. And so I think that it this really opened people's eyes to a new way of doing sports that players were more than just the, the hometown hero and that they were an asset to be dealt if it was the best thing for your team. And so I I think that it maybe was the first thing that ultimately sparks a lot of these uh, bigger moves, particularly later in the NBA where uh, bigger name players have been dealt and signed elsewhere in free agency and yada, yada. And, and I mean, in the NHL, I mean, we, it's funny how, you know, a Gretzky gets traded and now you go, all right, well, Crosby, certainly he's not going to get traded, which he, he probably won't get traded, but no, I, I think that you are much more open to the idea of, well, you know, I mean, Hey, maybe if it's in the best team's interest, yeah, do it. And people don't care as much. Whereas maybe before that people be like, no, 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 you can't trade the fan favorite kind of guy away. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it's almost like back when you and I growing up watching a guy like Steve Eiserman or Joe Sackett getting traded, like we would have never envisioned that happening. Right, right. Well, so, and it didn't. And it didn't. Yeah, it didn't so. <laughs> All right, let's get your number nine. Uh, number nine, uh, something that was uh, I was very, very young for, but I, I honestly think it's one of those things that's probably never going to be broken. Um, Timu Solani setting the rookie record for goals with 76. Ah, uh, yes, and his uh, famous arm twirl glove throw, fire Shooting the down. shotgun at the, celebration. at the glove in the air. Yes. So good. Yes, a great celebration and yeah. a, a very cool moment. You're right, we probably will never going to see. We'll probably never see anybody score 76 goals, period. Yeah, that's going to be very tough. I mean, um, if somebody scores 70, it'd be unreal. When, if, it really I mean, would. what, Ovechkin scored 60 once? Yeah. He scored like 63 or something. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, yeah it's... I mean, we've been looking at the Richard Rocket Trophy for so long, and it's like we had a few years where, what was it, Rick Nash winning with like 41 or some right, right. small Actually, amount. Actually, Rick Nash, Ilya Kovalchuk, and Jerome McGinley all tied at 41. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, now we're lucky if we see a guy hit 50. Like, that's monumental. So 76, let alone from a rookie? Yeah. Uh, good yeah. luck. 
Yeah. The best part about I think Rick Nash had like 18 assists or something like that that year. <laughs> Something weird. <laughs> and how about for you, sir, number nine? Uh, my number nine is, don't ever say I'm biased, it is the Bruins coming back against the Leafs down 5-2 in game seven uh, and then winning in overtime. That, that's uh, probably the most painful moment that I can, that I've experienced yeah. in I- sport. Uh, it was just thinking that we were going to actually win and yeah. and we were the underdogs in that series and then... To lose in Game Seven, I was uh, not happy. But if you take yourself away from the fandom of it, mm-hmm. it was an unbelievable moment. Right? Absolutely insane. It just doesn't happen. Greatest comeback in a Game Seven in the history of the league. Yeah, and that was. We got to watch it. Yeah, so. it really was something. I honestly still feel bad for James Reimer to this day. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you watch a Panthers game, oh my goodness, that's all you think about. Uh, well, I'll give my number eight too. Then please do uh, because it it does have to do with the Leafs, and you know, I like I said, there's not a whole lot of moments in Leafs mm-hmm. time when I'm like, yes, this was a great moment. Uh, I think it was 2000 in the 0102 season, if I'm not mistaken. We the Leafs lost all. Five, it was either five or six games in the regular season to the Ottawa Senators. I think it was six, and the last game of the regular season. The Leafs lost 5 nothing to the Senators. Wow. And the whole talk after this was, don't worry about it. We're built for the playoffs. And it was kind of like, I mean, that's all fair and well, but this team's destroyed you every time they played you. Yeah. Leafs go into the playoffs, and they win game one. Matt Sundin in overtime takes a slap shot from the blue line and uh, puts it in the top corner. And away we went. Leafs go, and they sweep the Ottawa Senators after getting swept in the regular season and uh, getting it done pretty handily. So that was one of my probably my most memorable series because I it's the only time I ever remember the Leafs sweeping a team, uh, and so it was pretty crazy. And, okay. and cross provincial rivals, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, let's just say you'll you'll have plenty of Leafs moments here in the next decade. Let's hope I'm sure. So. so. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've had my fill of wings, and now I'm I'm in for heartbreak for a while. It is so. my turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number eight for me. Um, nothing I was alive and well for. Um, November first, nineteen fifty nine. Jacques Plante dons the goalie mask for the first time after taking a slap shot to the face. For me, I I wanted to do mostly personal stuff for this list, as did you, but. Being a goalie myself, this one kind of felt personal, and because I can't imagine how guys before him did not wear masks. I mean, granted, yeah. there was a gentleman's quote unquote code where guys didn't slap shot that much, but still, it happened. Yeah, I, I've seen Sawchuck's face on that oh, yeah. Time Magazine cover. Oh yeah, it's brutal, pretty unreal. Um, so yeah, that that's that's a huge moment in history for me as a goaltender. Well, speaking of goalies, yes, I have a good number seven for okay. you. Then lay it on me. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens down three to one to the Washington Capitals, who had won the uh, President's Trophy yeah. in 2009. Yaroslav Halak just comes roaring back, and uh, just I think one of those games he had over 50 saves, and he was mm-hmm. just he was ridiculous. Uh, I remember it doesn't matter the statistics to me don't matter. It's him flopping around all over the place and making every inconceivable save. And the Capitals, the, the best part about that, so obviously the, the Canadians come back and they win the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't win the next round. They lost the next round. Uh, but the 
best part about all of it is that the Capitals decided, uh-oh, we lost to that goalie. Obviously, we can't score, so we're going to change our whole style. And that's when they went to like the Adam Oates, and they tried to play this hardcore defense, and it was a disaster, and Ovechkin hated every moment of it. And so Yaroslav Halak may have stolen some Stanley Cups from the Washington Capitals. Because if they had just kept the course, they might have won a Stanley Cup or two. Uh, And maybe they're the team that we're talking about being a a perennial team instead of an L.A. or a Chicago or or even Pittsburgh uh, if they had just kept that team together and seen what they could have done. So that's my number seven. What do you have? Number seven. All right. Uh, For me, this one is my first of a couple Red Wing moments that I just so enjoyed. But... Um, kind of, kind of has a bigger impact on the whole sport. Um, you look back in the early nineties with the Russian five is where my moment is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, not necessarily, I mean, it was great to see what they did. I remember they played Calgary and kept them to like seven shots. I remember they held onto the puck for like three minutes straight, passing it around, um, embarrassed that, that team. But just the fact when you had Fatisov come over from Russia, you had guys, that supposedly were hiding in trunks crossing the border of Canada coming to the U.S. and Fedorov being like the first big superstar to come over from Russia. Just the impact that had on the game where now you had guys obviously coming. We wouldn't have Ovechkin if stuff like that hadn't really occurred. It's it's crazy. That was not that long ago. Yeah. Early early 90s, late 80s. I mean, that's just... That's hard to think about that there really weren't Russian players over here. Whereas, like, what, 13 years later, Ovechkin is drafted first overall. Yeah, it's... uh... It's yeah that that's uh, definitely it's changed the sport, yeah for sure. Uh, okay, how about your give us your number six too. Ooh, going number six. Okay, uh, this one you definitely got a good smile out of when I showed you my list earlier. But Owen Nolan calling his shot in the nineteen ninety seven All Star yes. game against Dominic Kashuk. Yes, I love it. Yes, was, for uh, I mean for many reasons. One, anybody who's listened to the show, Hashik is my all time favorite goaltender to ever play the game but let alone it's it's that that idea of when you're you know growing up as a little kid you're playing baseball you point your shot right just that that idea of just being that good and he just went out but think you're you're skating and stick handling and going into like make some kind of move and he just points and it wasn't like a quick point either it was he pointed and he put his head and then he just snapped it in that exact spot it was it was yeah, that was unreal. And he said he was going to do it too before the All Star game, which yes. is even crazier. Yes, he did. He did. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Number Owen, six. Owen Nolan, maybe one of the. Uh, he was drafted very high. Yeah, he was. And maybe first was he first overall? I, That's I, a good question. I think he was very close to it. Maybe he was he was third overall, but uh, yeah, Owen Nolan. He was first overall in 1990 by the Quebec Nordiques. Uh, it's funny. He he had a good career uh, and was a very good player. He actually maybe is one of the the lesser first overall picks over the last thirty years, though. Wow. I mean, I mean, just when I mean, you look at I who guess, else yeah. has gone first overall since then, it it's uh, he wasn't the same kind of impact player. Uh, he wasn't a a game changer. He wasn't even the best player on his team. He was drafted by the Quebec Nordiques. The Nordiques actually picked Matt Sundin the year prior in nineteen eighty nine, first overall too. And so you got to say Sundin had a better career. They did eventually play together in Toronto for a, a hot second. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you also had Joe Sackick on the team. I mean, he wasn't. He definitely wasn't the best player on that team. So 
uh, eventually, I think he's on the Sharks for a long time. Right? Yep. So, uh, okay, my number six is another goaltending moment. All right. Uh, 2003, this is the year after the Red Wings. The Red Wings win the Cup with probably the best team Most in the last like, 20 years. <laughs> Uh, that team was just, has so many Hall you of had, Famers on they it. You had Zook, Robitaille, and Brett Hall in your third line. Just think about that. Yeah, yeah, good times. <laughs> so, I, I mean, the following playoffs, you've got the Red Wings coming in, and they're they were poised to win another Stanley Cup. They were yep. favorites to win, and they face Jean Sebastian Jaguer and the Ducks Ooh. in the first round. And I think one of those games went to five overtimes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, at least a triple. I I don't remember all the the details, but he was he was fantastic. Beat the Red Wings and did they sweep the Wings? I I don't know. I don't remember. But they, I mean, trucked through the the Red Wings and uh, made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, Game Seven, with this team that just had no business being there. And he actually wins the uh, the MVP of the playoffs, the Conn Smythe Trophy, despite losing in Game Seven. I think that, ironically, I do remember the score of the seventh game. It was three to nothing for the Devils. So, uh, and a, maybe the most unreal full run by a goaltender uh, that I've ever seen. Yeah, that was that to, was something to else. fall short. I mean, to get to a game seven, what are you gonna you know what are you gonna do? Uh, your team doesn't even score a single goal in mm-hmm. game seven. What are you gonna do? But he was uh, he was fantastic. Yep. All right, number five. Why don't you go? Uh, my number five is going to have to be, unfortunately, uh, you know, no, I'll save that one. My number five is very, very, very recent, and it's Ovechkin lifting the Stanley Cup. Nice. Uh, just a great thing to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that they got there, their whole, the whole story of that team was really unbelievable and, and a really cool script if you go you know go back 10 years and then watch that team's development and evolution and then ovechkin the way that they partied and the way that everything unfolded for them uh, i just it was a lot of fun yeah i i I enjoyed watching it i I got a little choked up when ovechkin lifted that cup because that's something i've wanted to see for a long time and i i feel he definitely deserved one because he he probably is there there could be arguments made for you know patrick lining now but pretty much the last 50 you know, 10 years, he's been the greatest goal scorer the NHL scene. So, yep. 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 So, your number five. Yep. My number five, um, Red Wings moment. This is the brawl in hockey town, March 26th of 1997, when Claude Lemieux got his justice. Ah, uh, yes. Or I'm sorry, they got their justice Received, on Claude Lemieux. Received yeah, it. Yeah, received it. <laughs> received it. Yes, that was... Uh, Claude Lemieux Turtles on March. Oh my goodness! The date. Yeah, as just as a Red Wings fan, just you're you're angry for a whole entire year after watching what happened to Chris Draper, and the fact that he never once apologized for doing. And granted, you know most hockey guys they'll they'll run guys and you know tempers flare, but eventually you come out and say, oh, you know I feel bad. I hope he recovers, or you say something nice. Guys usually do, right? Sure. I, did he really never? He never. He said never. Anything. He never did anything. And then you know you had Chris Draper come out. Just I can't believe I shook that. Or no, it wasn't Chris Draper. It was uh, man. I can't remember. I can't believe I shook his hand. Uh, um, I guess. Well, and anyways. and then when there was the the Red Wings Avalanche like the veterans game, yeah, timers game or whatever. Guys were still. Oh yeah. They they were like I you know I still hold these 
certain oh, feelings. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and then they did it <laughs> They did it again a year later with uh, Osgood fighting Wah again, and they got back into it. And then again, yep. f- I think four years after that, with Hashik tried to go fight Wah, and he fell on his face. And, yeah, it was, it was a, good, uh, a good little rivalry, and... One that we yeah. will we'll never see anything like that again because of the way the game is now. Right, so, yeah. yeah, it's tough. Definitely that brawl was the culmination of... And, and, and it was the reason why series five years after were still great. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your number four? Number four, okay, this ties into my favorite hockey movie of all time. This is seeing the Mighty Ducks become an NHL franchise, going okay. from a movie to a franchise like, like overnight. I, this was, I mean, every kid, if you haven't seen the Mighty Ducks movie and just thought about doing the triple deke and being that guy, Charlie Conway, you the get out of here. The triple deke, the worst deke. It is. It's terrible. The worst deke. <laughs> literally, I, I remember as a kid watching it and being like, what is he doing that's so special? I know. He's just, because they're like, one, two, three to the shot. It's yeah. like. He waited to take the shot. He stick handles three times and then he that's shoots it. and that's your triple deke. It's not like he toe dragged in deep, you know, I don't know. That was yeah. lame, Charlie, lame. But just seeing that now, like the fact that we went from the movie, I, I still think it's, a, it was so cool back when I was a kid. I loved it. And just watching that team. And I still think that is the coolest Jersey ever. Oh, it is a great Jersey. So, uh, I wish that they would do something. Well, they are bringing it back for, uh, their third Jersey this year, the Adidas, it came out. It, it, it looks all right. It's, it's not, it's not the same looking one and it's, it's oh, got I'm, a little I'm sorry, bit more I was talking about their district five. Oh, <laughs> with the, with the masking tape, oh my with gosh. the numbers on there. Stop it. Uh, by I, the way, have you seen, I, I gotta, before you, you give me your number four, have you seen, uh, what's his face? The goalie, um, Goldberg. Have yeah. you seen the picture of him on TMZ where he, he got into some trouble doing drugs? Perfect. Well, he looks about 90 years old right time now. Time to tweet that out. Yeah, don't. Uh, also, did everybody try the little uh, $1 bill with the, oh, with the purse and, <laughs> with the purse and fill it up with poop? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tried that once. Uh, my number four is Brett Hull's Stanley Cup overtime winning goal, because I would say that it is probably the most controversial goal ever scored in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. We've we've talked at length. I think we have yeah. an episode a little while ago where we, we talked about that uh, that goal. Yeah. Um, my number three, I'm sorry to say, is uh, yep. Marc-Andre Fleury's save on Nicholas Lidstrom in the dying moments of Game 6. Oh. Uh, no, game, it was Game 7, wasn't it? It was, it was game, game 7. seven. Yeah. Yeah, where, where if Lidstrom had scored, game would have been tied, going to overtime, which... Now, in hindsight, I wish it had gone to overtime because really? there has not been a Game 7 overtime since 1954, I believe. Really? The, the Red Wings, actually. Yeah, okay. The Red Wings have the only the last two times. With Montreal? It was within or? three years of each other. Game 7 overtime hasn't happened since then, so every year I root for that Okay. Uh, because you know, I have no other vesting interest other than to root for a Game 7 overtime. Uh, but yeah, so that's that save, I remember exactly where I was. I was in... My, uh, at a party, and I was one of the only people cheering for the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is a Red Wings fan, and I, I flipped out when I saw that save, <laughs> and so did everybody else for a oh a, yeah a negative reason. I still it. see it in my the picture just keeps flashing. In my I was just glad that who that you know uh, the year before the girl that I was dating at the time mm-hmm. she dragged me to the little like downtown local parade thing for the Red Wing. You know, everybody's oh, yeah. driving their cars through honking and going crazy. And mm-hmm. I was in hell. <laughs> I was in hell. I 
I feel like I maybe hate the Red uh, Wings a little less now. I just don't really care as much anymore. But I sure. I hated the Red. I remember walking around. I you know I I hate the Red Wings, and I <laughs> I do have a T-shirt that says Red Wings suck. Go Leafs go. Wow. Uh, okay. But anyway, so that was a that was a great moment. It was yeah. it was a good feeling to see the Wings lose okay. that year. <laughs> I couldn't have them win again. I couldn't have them win again. Oh, and you're number tragic. three. Number three, uh, probably the greatest goal I've ever seen scored, even though there was nothing to it. Uh, 1996 semifinal game seven, double OT. Steve Eiserman just slaps one uh, from the blue line. Right. And it's after, which is just too funny to me. After Gretzky turns it over at center ice, Eiserman just takes it right over Aaron John, Pass. right over John Casey's, uh, Blocker side corner, yeah. yeah right he over, just, right over, right I mean, he put it up, and just the reaction. And every time I listen to the audio file or the, a YouTube video of that, it 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 brings chills. That's uh, it's great. Oh, who who's doing the the play by play for that? Uh, oh, what's his name? Man, he's he was guy, on ESPN. The guy that I, used to do the ESPN. Yeah, ones. yeah. Dang it, I can't think of his name. Uh, tweet, so good. Tweet that at me, and I'll, I'll I'm gonna. Be, oh, he does Tampa Bay stuff now. Does he really? I think. Oh no, no, it's Bill Clement. Oh yeah, Bill yeah, Clement. yeah. Oh. Uh, okay, so my number two yep. is maybe my probably definitely my most favorite guy lifting the Stanley Cup for the first time was mm-hmm. Ray Bork. I remember I, it was 2001. I'm like 15 years old, and I shed a tear. Wow! And then I ran out my front door and I screamed. I was just so happy for him. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was happy for the guy, but as a Red Wings fan who hated the Avalanche, yes. I hated watching yes, them that's, win. That's fair. Um, and I remember my yearbook ran an, a full page ad just of like stuff that happened during the year. And of course, Ray Bork's pitcher just right there <laughs> lifting the cup. And I'm like, I have to look at my yearbook Taunting and you. see an Avs player in there. Like, get out of here. That's perfect. So, all right. Oh, what's your number two? Number two, um, something that just is an incredible feat that. I, again, like Solani's 76 goals, we probably won't see again. But it is Mario Lemieux scoring five goals five different ways. Ah, uh, yes. He scored a shorthanded, a power play, even strength, empty net, and penalty shot and goal. Penalty shot, one yep. game. That's, Unreal. Yeah. Most guys in a whole season, they don't score all those no. types of goals. Uh, oh, you know what I was going to say? You mentioned that uh, Gretzky turned over the puck at center ice yeah. with Eisenman. And one of my – the moment on my, like – uh, here's here's a moment on my honorable mentions mm-hmm. is actually a another Gretzky turnover uh, <laughs> in the I believe it was like 1981. Okay. The Kings and the Oilers were playing each other in the playoffs. Oh yeah, and the Oilers were up five nothing to start the third period, yep. and uh, the Kings come roaring back. It's May- five Manchester, four. Manchester, I think, is what and they call it. Gretzky turns the puck over, and the Kings score. Yeah, and uh, I. There, there you go. Gretzky turning it over again Stop. 15 years later <laughs> in 96, too. But, yeah, that was uh, that's an insane moment, especially since the Oilers were so good and this ragtag Kings team yeah. uh, led by Marcel Dion. Yeah. Your favorite player of all he, time. Oh, he's good. Okay, let's get your number one moment. Okay, I think knowing that I'm a Red Wings fan, I'm sure many of our listeners can probably guess, but watching the 42-year drought end and seeing the Red Wings lift the cup – in 97, especially after the year before, 
Eisenman scores that goal. You think they're going to go, but the Avs sweep them in, yep. in the conference finals. And the year before that, when they set the record for most wins in a season and they get swept in the finals against the Devils, just tough to watch two years well, in a row. No, the year that they won the most games was 96. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. It was 95, it was the, 96. The shortened the season. 94, 95 was the shortened season. Yeah. yeah. They they were the heavy favorites. Yep. Broder came in and just stole that series. Yep. Um, they yeah, got the, swept. The Wings so. could have won three more cups. They really could have. <laughs> yeah. And so... Just watching them do the Eisman lifting the cup, it was it was a fantastic moment. I remember just I had a, a no joke, an actual authentic Chris Osgood goalie mask. Yes, full regulation. I, I put that thing on, and my friends and I were walking up and down the streets for the ugliest POS. Oh my world. gosh, that was terrible. What a horrible, I wish I kept it though, just so I could wear it. Yeah, I wish you kept it too. Uh, it's funny that your top moment. Uh, if we were to make another list of like which moments made you sick to your stomach, that yeah. one would be right around the top. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, although I do love Steve Eiserman and uh, yeah, and that actually Steve Eiserman had something to do with my number one moment and laid on me. We're gonna we're gonna combo two things. So I'm gonna say Canada Olympic gold medals uh, as my top moment. My team's never won the cup before, so this is what I have: three gold medal victories. O two. Uh, 2010 and 2014. Yeah. And uh, in 2002, Canada, US, that, I mean, Mario Lemieux comes back. Series. And there, there's that goal where, uh, where the puck comes across and Lemieux, instead of taking the pass, he lets it go through his legs and Paul oh, Correa yeah. puts it in instead. And that was just to know that this guy's over behind you is just unreal. Uh, that that game was crazy, and, and Canada kind of – it really was in Canada's hands almost the whole time that game. Now, in 2010, Canada's up by a goal, and Zach Parise ties it up in the dying moments of that game. Game mm-hmm. goes to overtime. Crosby scores the golden oh, goal. I still hate that uh, moment. <laughs> I maybe haven't screamed as much as I, I did in that moment. I was – Yeah, that one might be up there at the, the top of the disgust moments for me. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. Just hate. But – and. It, an incredible a, a game. That's a game seven overtime. No, I mean, that's a gold medal overtime. Yeah, that's it's, what you want to see amazing. if you're a hockey fan. Yes, it's amazing. Um, now, but okay, so the Parise tying goal in the dying seconds. Yes, that has to be up there as an amazing moment for oh, your, for you watching. So, uh, and then 2014 was really fun because Canada destroyed everyone. Like there was no doubt Canada was going to win. I, yeah. It was that defense that just like, they just kept rolling through. Oh it didn't matter what the score was. That, you knew they were going to win. That dowdy Vlasic pairing was just, <laughs> nobody touched it. Yeah, It, it was, was crazy. Silly. So, all right, well, that's our top 10 best moments for us. Uh, we love to hear your top moment. You know, I hopefully it differs than ours. I hope uh, so. Or, or a bunch of moments. Just tweet at us at OT hockey talk. Love to hear from you. And we'll, maybe we'll, we'll read some on our next show. Yeah. Uh, kind of give, give yours. Uh, and we haven't figured out what we're doing next, but we will, uh, we'll tweet it out here pretty soon. And we'll be back next week. Uh, any, any parting moments, parting, parting, moments. parting moments, parting <laughs> statement you'd love to give. Um, no, not what do all. you, what do you do right now with no hockey? Um, Boy, because I can't play hockey, can't watch hockey. Uh, a lot of NHL 18. Your life's terrible. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean. Just no, okay. Um, yeah, honestly, a lot of 
Love yeah, NHL YouTube. 19 is coming out soon. And yeah. I, have I don't you, know if I'm going to buy that. Have you seen the... Uh, I've, I've watched some videos of the skating differences, like watching NHL mm-hmm. 18 guy skate and NHL 19 guy skate, and it's pretty drastic. Yeah, that's what they're taunting like is like be pretty cool. the, big, the big change in terms of... And, and I love it when, obviously, the, the, the skating becomes more fluid and more realistic and stuff like that. And like the one thing I'm hearing from the beta version is the poke checking. Like... The leg, anytime you poke, try to poke check, it's like an automatic tripping call now, which is terrible. That was uh, like a big problem in like, you know, 2010. Yeah, but you, and, can, you can adjust sliders and all your game No, and, and hopefully yeah. they'll adjust their version before yeah. they release a new one. But what I'm, I really wish they would bring back is the online GM mode that they got rid of like in 15, 16 or whatever it I was. I thought that was in 18. I know it's, I mean, you can do it. You can do a GM franchise mode yourself. You can do like some online modes, but like... I, what I mean is like, so my friends and I play Madden online. We have, it's, we play the franchise mode. We, we have yeah, a team, yeah, yeah. we trade players, we can do all that stuff, play games against each other. You can't really do that unless you start like your, your, uh, you know, um, EA ultimate hockey team or whatever yeah, it is. And yeah. I don't want to do that. So exactly. but that's just me. Well, I'm looking forward to it coming out. It's probably the only video game I really ever buy. I'm sure I'll buy it too, but so. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, we will be back next week. Uh, we hope you enjoy your weekend. And, uh, you know, if you need to watch an old game, I'm going to give a suggestion of an old game you? to go back and watch. I'm sure you can find this on YouTube. Uh, go back and watch game. What is it? Game. Is it game one? 1991 Stanley Cup finals. Really? Game 1, 1991, Stanley Cup Finals. Go back and watch that game, and you'll see why. All right, we'll talk to you guys soon. Ciao.